I still remember that day like it was yesterday, sat in my office, which was across the hall at the time, and I was sat by my treadmill and I was crying my eyes out. I felt so unworthy. Elements of my past was coming up and I felt so unprepared for what God had called me to do. And somehow that evening I picked up my Bible and I turned to the book of Zechariah and started reading about Joshua, which, by the way, isn't to be mistaken with Joshua who succeeded Moses. This is Joshua, the high priest. And so today I actually want to run through the story of Zechariah with you as a reminder that you don't have to be re-cleansed and re-cleansed and re-cleansed because through Christ Jesus, you have been cleansed once and for all. Welcome to another episode of the Kingdom Switch podcast, where we dig deep into Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you besides. We're going to unwrap kingdom culture, kingdom benefits, and therefore kingdom lifestyle. I'm Trish Jones, and just to say, it's all good. So hey, this is Trish Jones and I want to welcome you to another episode of Kingdom Switch. And as I said today, I'm talking about Joshua, the high priest. So again, not to be mistaken with Joshua who succeeded Moses. Now, let me give you some background context, right? The children of Israel had been captives to the Babylonians, but they had now returned from Babylonian captivity. And in the book of Zechariah, we see that Zechariah has eight visions. And the fourth one is where he sees Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan is there accusing him, right? And the Lord actually rebukes Satan and then Zechariah instructs those people around Joshua to put on a clean or it says rich garments and a turban on his head. Now, I actually want to read you the text because I think it's going to give you more of an overview, right? So I'm actually going to be reading from the Amplified Version. Then the guiding angel showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at Joshua's right hand to be his adversary and accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan, even the Lord who now and habitually chooses Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this, returned captive Joshua, a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel of the Lord. And he spoke to those who stood before him, saying, take away the filthy garments from him. And he said to Joshua, behold, I have caused your iniquity to pass from you and I will clothe you with rich apparel. And I, Zechariah, said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with rich garments and the angel of the Lord stood by. I think I'm going to stop there. The angel of the Lord stood by. Now, what I love is that this this three stages effectively to Joshua's cleansing, right? The very first one at the beginning of the vision, Joshua is clothed in filthy rags and he is standing before the angel of the Lord. And then we see in the second stage, Satan is eliminated because God tells him, Satan, I rebuke you. So Satan is totally eliminated, right? And then we see the third stage where Joshua is still standing in the presence of the Lord, but he's still in his filthy rags. And Zechariah says, you know, put on um, a turban on him and a rich garment. Now, 
rich garments. Now, what has that got to do with me crying out to God and filthy rags, etc., etc.? Because when I read this, I literally felt at the time like God was putting on a robe of righteousness on me and crowning me with his crown. And I felt totally at peace. It was just such a transformation. And it, it, it is almost like switching from one kingdom to another. Because when we're in the world system and we're focusing on everything that's around us, uh, what is going on and this isn't happening, and we are looking at all of the natural things, but we're not looking at the spiritual element, then everything seems dry. It felt like a dry land period. That's all I can say, right? And, uh, and yet, when I felt the robe of righteousness going on me and a crown being put on my head, it wasn't a turban, um, but whatever, you want to visualize, right? That turban or crown going on. I felt completely safe, completely at peace in Christ. And I just want to say that Joshua, actually, that story is symbolic of what was going to come to Israel, that whilst they had strayed away from God, whilst they had been in captivity, whilst they may have felt filthy and they'd moved away from God, that God was going to send the Messiah who would once and for all wipe out their sins and their sins would be remembered no more. But what happens when we come to Christ? We come to Christ and we're repentant and we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. And then the minute things start going wrong, we start thinking (laughs) we're not good enough. We're not cleansed enough. We need cleansing again. That's what repentance is about. So, you know, God, I've made a mistake and you need to cleanse me again because I'm dirty again. I don't believe that Joshua, the high priest, ever went back to his filthy rags, ever. Because once he was clothed as royalty, he stayed as royalty. Once you are clothed with the robes of righteousness, you are forever clothed with the robes of righteousness. You forever have on that headgear, whatever it might be, crown, turban, whatever it is. It's a symbol that you are royalty and you don't have to feel like you're not worthy again. And the reason I'm bringing this story up, right, was because a few weeks ago, the same thing happened to me again. I remember sat here and I'm looking out the window in my office and I'm asking, what is this all about? Because whilst I knew that God has an assignment for me, I felt like I was going through the motions. And whilst I know that I'm loved, I didn't feel loved. Ouch. I'm just being honest, though. And and I was asking God, what is this all about? But then it was almost like a light came in and I suddenly felt God speaking to me and telling me what he feels about me and that my purpose has never changed despite how I feel, despite the fact that sometimes I feel overwhelmed. His purpose, his assignment for me has never changed. And so <laughs> I tell you, it was it was almost like a difference between night and day, right? I then went about my business and I felt like I was partnering with God because, you know, in John 15 verses one and two, I'm actually going to read it. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Now, you see, the problem is sometimes we think that we can do something apart from God. And then we forget who is at the helm, who is in, ch in charge, who gives us the power to do what we are doing through the Holy Ghost. And then we go through a, br a dry spell and we start asking, what is wrong with me? And then we hear all of the accusations from the devil coming in this year, that year. Everything we see is wrong, wrong, wrong. This is wrong. You did this wrong. You shouldn't have done this. And God has to remind us sometimes that he never changes. He's never stripped us of our robe of righteousness. And in fact, even when we make a mistake, the Bible says that through Christ, we have an advocate, right? Who is standing permanently before the father interceding on our behalf. If I'm laughing, right? Because if we could just accept that we are complete in Christ, we wouldn't have so many sad days. <laughs> I remember going to bed right at night and just thanking God for the fact that I'm in my bed and I'm cozy. You know, even the my pillow, I would say, oh my gosh, God, my pillow is so cozy. I feel so good. And I just look forward to a good night's sleep. And I did sleep, sleep, I did. But the minute I woke up in the morning, I felt, oh my gosh, I got to go to my office and I got to do this and I got to do that. And literally it was like going through the motions again. And until that day when God spoke to me and reminded me even of some of the dreams that I had put to one side that I said, oh, that was back then. God started speaking to me and telling me that as far as he's concerned, that dream isn't dead wake up that dream again, rekindle that dream, go after the things that I have put in your heart because I, the Lord God, put those desires in you. And so I want you to think today about some of the things that you feel that you're going through the motions with. You know that you have an assignment. You know that God has his hand on your life, but you are feeling like this is just like going through the motions day in and day out. And, you know, and then you have all the feelings of I've done this wrong. This could have been done better because I'm telling you, sometimes we can be such perfectionists. Right. But it's not ever what God requires of us. Sometimes we think that everything has to be so compartmentalized that we if it's not quite fitting in that compartment properly, we're ready to undo everything. <laughs> right. And that's not what God wants for us. It's OK. You know that. The books on the shelves are slightly twisted. You know, you call blue people. I'm talking to you. <laughs> Unlike us, uh, Sunshine Yellow, we just chuck it on the shelf and how it is is how it is. Right. But sometimes we've just got to understand that God is not looking for perfection. He's looking for our hearts. He's looking for our obedience. And in terms of doing that and also making sure that we do it with him, we're constantly then hearing from him. And if we are out of kilter, this is what God does. He realigns us. He readjusts us. On Sunday when I was in church, um, one of the pastors from our Australian branch was speaking. And he said, our job is to build 
but it's God's job to bring the promises to pass. And I was like, ah. <laughs> that's exactly the same as in our business, our calling, whatever it is that God has called us to do. Our job is to build that, is to do the work. And as we relate to Jesus Christ and as we have our fellowship with him, he will adjust us, right? So if we're going off course, he's going to adjust us so that we get back on course again. But as it says in John 15, we can do nothing apart from him. And I can tell you that if I looked back to, I think that was... I, I believe it was between 2009 and 2012 that this particular thing happened. I would get the date exactly right, but I have lost my journal. Ah, I'm telling you, every time I think about that, it hurts me. I don't know what happened to that particular journal. Um, I had written it in there. But um, I can tell you that that period of time was a period when, yes, I was praying. Yes, I was reading the word, but I was trying to accomplish everything on my own. It's like, God, I'm coming to you for my prayer time this morning and I'm having fellowship with you, I thought. Read my Bible, pray, say, God, will you bless my business? And then I go and do the work, but I'm not thinking to myself that this is the work that God has called me to do. And this is the work that God has blessed. And I need to remember that he is for me, not against me. And he wants to see this work done as much as I do. And so we can tap away at the computer or go do our research or, you know, do things, as I said, in a functional fashion. And it's not what God wants. And I'm telling you, one of the things I've had to start doing, I've done this before and I keep stopping and I need to remember to not stop doing it, is to just stop and be still. Yeah, when the work gets too much, when you start looking at what's going on around you instead of looking to the kingdom of God, to the king of the kingdom of God, it's to stop and just pause. Focus on Jesus and realign your mind so that now you're thinking like Christ, not looking at the circumstances, not looking at the work that's piling up, not looking at the assignment that's not quite going your way. And that peace, that peace, I'm telling you, <laughs> as I said, I'm still going back to that night. It felt like it was yesterday where I literally bawled from my heart. And I don't believe that it, that it was coincidence that I happened to open the, the Bible to the book of Zechariah and saw where Joshua, where his filthy rags were being removed and he was given rich garments and a turban on his head. And I'm telling you, it was when that turban, headwear, whatever it was, I think I did actually think turban at the time. I don't think I, I saw a, um, a tiara. <laughs> that peace that came over me, that peace that came over me, it's finished, it's done. I'm with you, you're not alone. And I just want to read one more thing to you in finishing because I believe that it was reading this particular passage of scripture and meditating on this passage of scripture that made me start thinking differently about the way that Jesus thinks about me until I actually had that feeling of the presence of God actually telling me that this is how I see you. And uh, and I got to tell you, right, 
Anybody who knows me knows I'm a King James person. But after reading this scripture on this particular day, <laughs> I was like, uh, I think you need to get you out of the King James uh, version because I'd never seen this scripture before the way that I saw on this particular day. And basically, I've got a calendar here and it's given by um, my church, Edge. I go to Edge and it's called Prayerful reflection so I turn to day 16 so it's not got like January February whatever it's got uh, just days of the month on there right and so this is from Ephesians 3 16 to 19 and uh, honestly I'm not going to read it from the King James today but just go read it from the NIV this is from uh, honestly I never used to like the NIV <laughs> In fact, actually, I have jokingly said it's the nearly inspired version, but I am joking for those people who read the NIV. But this day when I read this, I am telling you the difference was immense. So it says, I pray out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know his love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That was the bit that hit me, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, but also the first bit where it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Right. So it's out of his glorious riches, out of his glorious riches. I, I need to say that again, out of his glorious riches. And when we are seated together with Christ in heavenly places, this promise right here is ours. So we don't have to keep standing before God as if we're still robed in our filthy rags. We literally are complete in him. And we need to see ourselves in that robe of righteousness. We need to see ourselves dressed like royalty from top to bottom and realize that God literally will never leave us nor forsake us we have been equipped to carry out our assignment and despite things going wrong mistakes that we've made God's never turned his back and Jesus don't need to go and hang on the cross again that wasn't quite English <laughs> I don't know um, but it is finished it is finished the work of the cross is finished and you are blessed so guys Thank you for listening to another episode of Kingdom Switch and I will see you on the next episode. Okay, ciao for now.